Welcome to Coffee Shop Conversations with Forrest Day Jr. If you're a screenwriter and you're a fan of the Save the Cat screenwriting books, we've got a treat for you today. SaveTheCat.com is now offering a class called Cracking the Beat Sheet. Today's guest is Jennifer Zhang. She's the instructor of that class. We're going to learn how you can take the class, what the class is about, and a little bit about Jennifer. Jennifer, thanks for joining me. I am happy to be here. Tell us about yourself and how you got involved with teaching the Save the Cat, Cracking the Beat Sheet course. This is, you know, over 10 years ago. I was I was working in publishing, and I was a freelance writer, and I was trying to break into screenwriting. And I had written a screenplay that was like, <laughs> this is how novice, 260 pages. <laughs> I, think, I figured people would just want to watch, you know, a, yeah. whatever, however long that would be. Like, what is it, a three and a half, four hour movie? Yeah. I, I have the math. And it was horrible. And I, <laughs> I started working with BJ Markle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was business partners with Blake Snyder. So he was the one that introduced me to Blake. And then I started taking all of Blake's courses. So uh, I actually had studied directly with Blake when he was alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and after, and you know, actually he and I were, were working on something. He was helping me with a, a movie idea that I had that would have been the appropriate runtime. And it was a broad comedy about Bigfoot. And it was about a Bigfoot, a Sasquatch documentarian, and it was called Big Footage. Wow. So you know how much Blake loved his, yeah, his catchy titles, yeah. right? So he was a big fan of the script, but you know, he passed away in the midst of us working on it. So myself and a handful of other students of his kept working with BJ to kind of carry on the legacy, continue the brand with the consultations and the script writing. So, uh, no, sorry, the, the script consultations and, you know, writing for the blog, doing the newsletters. So that's kind of how I got involved and it just hasn't stopped for like 10 years and over 10 years, you know, when you're immersed in the Save the Cat world and you keep working with the other instructors to develop the material and with the subsequent books coming out, it just, you know, it's kind of a lifestyle at this point. Our master cats are evangelical about preaching good story structure. Let's talk about the class. The class is called Save the Cat, Cracking the Beat Sheet. You can find the course on the Save the Cat website. There's tabs at the top that, that show you our course offerings and you can click on it and it'll lead you to a number of different courses we have. Some have like actual live instruction involved. The course that I helped put together is you could do it as a thing where you watch the lectures and then do the homework on your own. So easy peasy and it's a good time. It's a good time to be honing those skills. You assign homework. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you know, have to be a have to be a proper teacher. You need to have the book take the course. The cost of the course does not include the book, so get the book and then get the course. How did um, you design this course? So Save the Cat, the screenwriting story structuring principles of Save the Cat are really centered around 15 core story beats, right? It was Blake Snyder's beat sheet that's been very pervasive throughout Hollywood and it's been used at every major studio and writers the world over use this 15-beat beat sheet to structure out a story. So that's the core of the first book, which is what this lecture series is based on, is those 15 beats and describing in detail with plenty of examples from, I think, dozens and dozens of movies where you can see how, you know, these story structuring principles pretty much are, are mm-hmm. omnipresent throughout Hollywood, throughout storytelling in general. However, 
This course also pulls from material in the second and the third books, as well as the blogs, as well as some of Blake's own audio recordings in his teachings. So in a way, even though the, the price of the book is not included in the price of the course, you got to read the book and then you take the course and you're kind of getting a lot of bang for your buck by mm -hmm. following the lecture series. It kind of is a like a compendium of all of the knowledge that we've currently amassed across like multiple media for Save the Cat. It's not rocket science. And a thing that Blake used to say that all the time to, you know, to, to my great consternation is he was always like, it's fun. He would tell you, do this really, really difficult thing. It's fun. Because yeah. this is the kind of stuff as a writer that keeps you up at night. How yeah. do I summarize my entire story in like a two sentence log line or, or I've got like the beginning of a great story, but I have no idea how to end it. And it's just vexing me, but he's always like, it's fun. So yeah, the, so the course basically will show you how to write a proper title, write a proper logline, structure it out across 15 beats so you have a complete outline for what will ultimately be your screenplay. And it also introduces you to the idea of Blake's 10 genres, which I know everyone thinks they know what a movie genre is, but trust me, he, he organizes movie genres in such a way that makes so much more sense than your standard, very broad genres it's a wealth of knowledge it's it's good and, and we try to make it fun we try yeah. to use many examples to to really really illustrate so that you're not kind of just lost in a bunch of esoteric theoretical bits of information about what a story should be like we actually will tell you throughout the course every few minutes you're getting some example and you're like oh yeah i remember that hopefully that's what you're saying a great example is one of his genres is the superhero as you say in the course, the first thing people think of is a superhero, like a Marvel movie or something. But not every movie, not every superhero movie is like that. There's comedies out there that are superhero movies where the hero is got some powers that he doesn't yeah. know about. The 10 genres are really interesting. The course really gets you thinking. In the, in the example of the superhero movie, according to Blake's genres, Zoolander is a superhero movie. Mm -hmm. He's not necessarily, uh, it just as a quick like a quick example of, of why that's so, it's like a superhero movie, the superhero genre doesn't mean that the, it has like a guy with powers necessarily, like mutant powers or superpowers. It's somebody who has something that sets them apart from everyone. And ultimately the story that you usually discover in the end is that, you know, they're more like us than you would. It, that's what makes them interesting is their weaknesses. In, in in short, not every superhero movie has a superhero in it. It's just it follows the superhero movie elements that make it fit that genre. The thing about the course is it really does imbue you with somewhat of a superpower. Like everybody kind of everyone thinks they know what a story is, beginning, middle and end. Right. Like if you ask anybody what a story is, they'll be like, it's something that's got like a beginning, middle and end. But, you know, once you really, really understand the emotional, emotional touch points that you can find the 15 of them across every story, you do what you just described where you watch movies differently. You're like, oh, this is this is the point in the story that we're approaching. This next beat is what I can anticipate. I know what's probably going to happen next. Same thing with genres. You watch movies, you're like, oh, this isn't just a horror film. This is a this is a film that fits within these few genres that Blake has outlined, which means I can expect these particular elements to pop up in it. So, you know, it's kind of like seeing the code in the Matrix. It's like once you take the course, you really under you have gain a new understanding of movies, of books, of how they're laid out, you know, and why they make you feel the way you feel as they progress through the journey. 
maybe we're getting a little artsy fartsy here, but that's kind of the no, whole. But to whole... reinforce exactly what you're saying, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It's a comedy horror film. That's what most people would call it. But according to Blake, it's a buddy film, and you got to yeah. watch it. If you like horror films, you got to watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It's. A... I have heard it recommended. I should. Well, I should just definitely... got recommended again. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a buddy movie the way Blake laid out the movies. I highly recommend it. Now, speaking of horror, you're a horror fan, right? Because you wrote one. I did write one, and I cannot say that I'm necessarily a horror fan. No? <laughs> I've watched a lot of horror films, but I did. I wrote and produced one. Part of the reason why I chose that particular genre, Monster in the House is what we call it, like that kind of film. Yeah. It's a horror film, but, you know, like, again, not every monster in the house film is a scary movie. At the time, I was cutting my teeth on doing a debut feature film. And part of the market, you know, just knowing the market is if you don't have a big enough budget to afford a huge name star, one of the safer bets is to do a horror film, because Mm -hmm. those sell based on premise more often than they do on a big name. It never hurts to have a name. You always want to have like a known actor. But since it was my first film and my budget was small, it was like, well, if I'm going to choose the market that I'm going to hit, horror film is probably the safest bet. So I don't hate the genre, but I scare easily. So you can imagine making that film was not a pleasant experience for me. (laughs) We got some really good actors in it. I wanted it to be kind of an elevated horror film Mm -hmm. where the drama is is not necessarily gore based or that it's it's mainly psychological you know and it did okay i mean i sold it it was not bad nice little shiny star for my my debut film it was very much influenced by the elements that you'd find in a monster in the house film it actually all takes place in a house one house it's a creepy looking house i wanted to make sure again with my first film that i was I was adhering to some pretty standard principles. I didn't want to break the mold yet. I wanted to play it safe in a few ways. The story isn't a safe story, but I wanted to make sure it wasn't a shit story. (laughs) Not too many people can say that they've written a film and actually created the film that that can be watched. Was this before you were into all the Save the Cat world or during? It was very much like it was going to be my first film. I wanted to make sure that it was an innovative story, but that I was following a structure that wouldn't piss people off, right? The structure has to feel familiar in ways that are kind of subconscious, right? People mm-hmm. people understand this is a journey, this is a story. So I did the whole thing with this film. I did the 15 beat beat sheet. I did the 40 cards as prescribed by Blake Snyder wrote the screenplay off the 40 cards. And then lo and behold, I'd had not experienced success with the screenplay like I had with this one. It just kind of had a universal appeal when I went out to get investors. And that film ended up having eight investors. So it's a very indie film. But Mm -hmm. for, you know, to find eight people that like the concept and like the story enough to want to put money into it, there's something to that. So I absolutely credit Save the Cat with it because if you're starting out and you really don't know what to start out with when you're writing a screenplay. This is really where, I mean, I'm evangelical about it, right? I tell people, start with this. It's like such an easy book to read, such a fun course to take. The uh, the instructor is so radiantly beautiful. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Yeah. And Save the Cat is wildly popular across studios Mm -hmm. across smaller production Mm -hmm. houses writers the world over and when you tell like a writer 
oh, just write three acts. It's like a three act structure. Just write a story with three acts in it. That's too broad, right? No one's going to be able to really do anything with that, honestly. And then there are the screenwriting guides that tell you by minute three, this needs to happen. By minute 10, this needs to happen. By minute 12, you should have something that happens akin to this. That's too detailed. And I really feel like Blake Snyder with Save the Cat hit a really nice sweet spot. 15 is just general enough to guide you to be a, a nice little roadmap, right? Without constricting your creativity. And it's not formula to say, for example, that somewhere in the middle of your story, you have a false victory or a false defeat. That general to say in the middle of your story, your hero has to feel like he's on the path to winning or suffer a really, really great loss. If you look across thousands of films, that happens across thousands of films, right? And you wouldn't ever say that Forrest Gump and I don't know, like Paul Blart Mall Cop are similar films. But if you look at what happens right in the middle of it, a similar crescendo or or dip happens the way the structure, uh, the, yeah. the story is structured. I would like to, to say that we've packed it with useful information. We really did want to make this as fun as possible. So whereas a lot of courses you'll you'll find people have examples drawing from like classic films only or only the cinematic greats, we made a really, really strong effort to incorporate broad comedies, blockbusters, indies. Everything is illustrated across so many different kinds of movies. So it's actually a, a fun experience to take the course because there's high likelihood that you know all the examples that we're bringing up throughout to illustrate. So if I do say so myself, it's not one of those dry courses that requires you to be a cinephile. This is really, if you have a love for movies, if you have a love for stories, you're going to enjoy this course. I mean, you mentioned The Wizard of Oz. Who has not seen The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. And then we mentioned Iron Man. Jennifer, thank you for joining me. And again, tell people how to get on the class. You go to savethecat.com. And then we have tabs across the top that tell you all of our offerings from our books to our courses to our software. And you'll find it where our courses are listed. Thank you, Jennifer. That's Jennifer Zhang from the savethecat.com Cracking the Beat Sheet course. This is Coffee Shop Conversations with Forrest Day Jr. Thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe to this podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.